Welcome to the Freedom Hut. This is the Best of Buck Daily Podcast. The top stories of the day from the Buck Sexton Show. For more Buck, head to BuckSexton.com. And remember to subscribe to the podcast. Welcome, friends, to the Buck Sexton Show. Oh, my, it is Friday. This is actually my favorite time of the year, weather-wise, at least, in New York. I I like this. It's nice outside, but you probably want to wear a sweatshirt at night also known as what you people in California have for most of the year. But anyway, I do really like it. And it's uh, a time where we have to find everything we can to give us a little bit of peace because it's about to get wild out there, friends. It's about to get wild. This election, you got the debate coming up on Tuesday. You've got Joe Biden hiding from everybody, putting a lid day after day on the campaign. Oh, he's doing debate prep. Uh, I don't know. I think uh, I think he might be eating Jello, sitting on a couch watching reruns of the Golden Girls. I- I'm not sure that Biden is doing all this strenuous debate prep, but just be prepared for this. No matter what Biden does in the debate, the Democrats are going to say that he was amazing. He's brilliant. He's great. But I, I actually want to change our gears for a moment here away from covid, away from the lockdowns and BLM. We'll, we'll get into that later, of course. But there's a story that you need to know about and the media doesn't want to cover it. They don't want to touch this. And I understand that it's been a few years since some of these things have happened. So they just want to move past it. But here's the truth. When the president of the United States said that Russia collusion was a hoax, when the president of the United States uh, called the Mueller probe a witch hunt, he was just stating facts. Those things were true. Those things were true. So now here we go with why I can say that to you. Now, there's many reasons. We've been looking at this for a long time. And I've never had to come on this show, which I started about a, what was it now, a year before the Trump election. And I start, you know, I remember we first started looking at this issue, and I always thought this, there's just no way. It didn't make sense. The Russia collusion story just didn't add up. They didn't have any proof. Why would Trump do this? It's so risky. It wouldn't even work. It's a dumb idea. And the president even told me once himself, face to face, he's like, Russia collusion, it doesn't even make any sense. And I said, yeah, you're telling me. He used more colorful language than that. But now I look at this and I say, it's impossible for anyone who's following this not to see exactly what happened here. Let, let me start with the big picture, and then we'll drill down into these facts, courtesy of my friends over at The Federalist, Sean Davis and Molly Hemingway, who've just got a, a great piece of actual journalism. And we now know beyond any... I mean, we've known, I should say, for a while, but now we've got just proof. Proof that the whole thing was a scam. Proof that people were being absolutely partisan and reckless and abusing their power at the very top of the FBI and the DOJ. Comey, Strzok, Page, Brennan, McCabe, all of them. But first, let me just say, here's here's what really happened. There are people that are Democrats who are very became very powerful because a lot of people that like to be bureaucrats are Democrats. And they became powerful over a period of many years, rose up at the FBI and the DOJ and began to think of themselves as the Praetorian Guard, as the guardians of our republic. And also the establishment for them was represented by Hillary Clinton. So America needed Hillary Clinton to be president because Donald Trump was a threat to the system, a system that they view themselves as the ultimate guarantors of. And so they were looking and looking for something to claim that this president was a criminal. They were trying to use their investigative powers to stop a presidential candidate. And they cooked up this nonsense at every stage about Russians. This is just all based on rumors. And and now we know from additional information that's come out, the main source for the Steele dossier, it was Russian disinformation, folks. That's right. Steele got completely bamboozled, but they told him what he wanted to hear. This is the worst. We call this tradecraft in the spy world. This is tradecraft that is 
the most JV rookie mistake crap imaginable. No, no vetting, just ran with what the what the source gave him. That's called rumint or rumor intelligence, which means not really intelligence. And then they started leaking based on the rumor intelligence. The FBI and the DOJ were leaking stuff to the press and then had the gall to cite some of the press reports that their fellow FBI and DOJ people were leaking to get them printed in the first place, citing those press reports as justification for the investigation. The ultimate self-licking ice cream cone of the bureaucracy. And then when they realized that Trump didn't win, and let me also, I'm sorry, when that Hillary didn't win, uh, l- let me also just say this. People always, always say, why would they do this if they thought Hillary was going to win? I think they were going to try to prosecute Trump after the election. They were going to try to take him. They thought they got this guy, maybe, or they could get him. And then when it was clear they didn't have the evidence, what do you do? You've already broken the sacred trust the American people have in you. You've already broken the sacred trust that's been given to you at the FBI and the DOJ. So what you got to justify it somehow. You got to find some there there, right? If you ruin someone's life, investigate them for years, the tendency is, and the attorney general spoke about this recently in a, in a speech he gave, the tendency is to say, well, I better prove that this person was bad. I better find something. I better find something on them. Okay, well, uh, yeah. So they fabricated things. So they lied to the FISA court. And every step of the way, what they were doing was wrong. They, they knew it, too. And that's the part of this latest revelation that you really have to pay attention to. Trump won the election, and then afterwards they were all scrambling. And they realized the only way that they could try to save themselves was to double down. And it's all told in messages from the FBI, uh, FBI agents involved in these cases to each other. Their names are redacted, but we can guess who some of them are. And in a, in a twist of irony, the only reason we know about this is because Judge Emmett Sullivan, who has a an unhealthy and bizarre hatred for Michael Flynn, as evidenced by his courtroom outburst, he should have recused himself right after he accused General Flynn of treason, which no one has accused him of. Flynn did nothing wrong. Flynn's conversation, I'll tell you this, you know, Trump always says his Ukraine phone call was a perfect phone call. The Flynn co- phone call at the Kisselgak was a perfect phone call. He did exactly what we would want the national sec- incoming National Security Advisor to say, which is, look, just keep it, stay in line with what we've done. Don't escalate things. I'm going to come in and we're going we're gonna to address this with the new administration. It's exactly what you would want him to say. It was, it is truly, a, it was a perfect phone call. And then they jammed him up on this technicality. Well, was he talking about sanctions or was he talking about expulsions? And that was why there was a little bit of confusion, perhaps, in his answer about what he talked about. But he also thought he was talking to colleagues, not FBI, Democrat, Hillary voting hacks who were going to do everything in their power to ruin him and destroy him. We're setting an ambush for the incoming National Security Advisor. This, friends, is the biggest political scandal of my lifetime. Nothing else really even comes close. This was an attempt to undo a presidential election. This was an effort to break the sacred trust the American people have with our institutions, with our law enforcement agencies like the FBI, that they will enforce the law without fear or favor or prejudice or partisanship. And yet, it's not what happened, is it? What do we have here from the Fed, uh, from the Federalist? Again, from Sean Davis and Molly Hemingway. You know, we've had Sean on this show many times. Let's dive into these details. You're in the Freedom Hut. This is the Best of Buck Daily Podcast. The top stories of the day from the Buck Sexton Show. Trump was right. Explosive new FBI text details internal furor over handling of crossfire hurricane investigation. Newly disclosed internal FBI notes and text messages detail the extent of the FBI's desire to take down Trump and his associates at any cost. Again, this on the Federalist.com from uh, Davis and Hemingway. And this this piece is amazing because this is smoking gun stuff now. We already know what happened, but we already have all the circumstantial evidence we need for a conviction 
at least in the court of public opinion, never mind if we're actually going to get some criminal charges here, which I don't think we will, but for a conviction, in a sense, of the FBI and the DOJ in the Russia collusion hoax. And also the special counsel was an anti-Trump headhunter operation. They were going after the administration. That's what they were doing. It was not about justice. It was not about Russian interference in the election. It was all a scam from slimy, pro-Hillary, partisan lawyers posing as agents of justice. Disgusting. And the media should never recover. I mean, the same way that I have no respect for Senate Democrats or really the Democrat Party after what they did to Brett Kavanaugh, and I'm never going to forget it. I am never going to forget CNN's role, fake tapper, Anderson Cooper, all of them. Never going to forget their role in perpetuating This hoax that was meant to, after the fact, disenfranchise over 60 million American voters who chose Donald Trump and who won. They can cry about it as much as they want. He won. And then they tried to undo it after they were done crying. Here's from the piece, quote, Federal Bureau of Investigation agents tasked by fired former director James Comey to take down Donald Trump during and after the 2016 election. We're so concerned about the agency's potentially illegal behavior that they purchased liability insurance to protect themselves less than two weeks before Trump was inaugurated president, according to previously hidden FBI text messages. Friends, these are messages that took years to come out that the FBI thought would never be shown to anyone. They thought they were above the law. They thought they were above transparency. And the only reason this has come out now is because of the federal court action against General Flynn. I mean, Sidney Powell, uh, Sidney Powell should get the the Medal of Freedom or something. And what she's doing is incredible because this has turned into more than just the very important cause of achieving justice for General Flynn. This is also about how in trying to take down Flynn, they created the opening for the truth to finally uh, make its way out. And now, because Judge Sullivan is doing this psychotic judge as prosecutor routine after the DOJ has already said Flynn never should have been prosecuted. Judge Sullivan is doing this stuff. And that allows for the federal lawsuits and federal court disclosure requirements to get this information about what they did to Flynn as a centerpiece of the Russia collusion hoax and the Mueller Witch hunt. This is all from this is all from this piece in the Federalist.com, but it's because of Sidney Powell's work. Quote, we all went and purchased professional liability insurance. One agent texted on January 10th, 2017, the same day CNN leaked details that then President-elect Trump had been briefed by Comey about the bogus Christopher Steele dossier. That briefing of Trump was used as a pretext to legitimize the debunked dossier which was funded by the Democratic National Committee and the Clinton campaign and compiled by a foreign intelligence officer who was working for a sanctioned Russian oligarch, which I'll just add in there was Oleg Deripaska. Quote, holy crap, an agent responded. All the analysts, too, meaning all the analysts, also got professional liability insurance on the case, Crossfire Hurricane and Crossfire Razor, Trump-Russia collusion, General Flynn specific targeting. Those are the t- crossfire hurricane is the whole Trump with the Russians, the Trump campaign. And then crossfire razor is General Flynn is the point man of this complete fabrication. Papadopoulos was including with the Russians. Carter Page was including with the Russians. And any person who said that they were even early on in this is so stupid that that really they shouldn't be trusted to be around a hot stove. You know, they, they need to make sure that all the outlets are plugged in like a toddler around the house because you don't know if they're going to hurt themselves. That's how dumb you'd have to be to believe that Carter Page and George Papadopoulos were the point men on some international election conspiracy with the Russians. It continues in this text exchange, quote, yep, the first agent said all the folks at the agency as well. And quote, let me tell you, somebody used to work at the agency. He means the CIA. So CIA people and FBI people right before the Trump inauguration are all purchasing professional liability insurance. Gee, folks, why would why would they be doing that 
if they knew that they had done their jobs to the letter of the law, if they knew that they hadn't abused their power and that there wouldn't be a problem with the incoming attorney general, Jeff Sessions, weak, uh, why would they do that? I can tell you this, if the FBI was investigating uh, some kind of a murder and their chief suspect had taken out a life insurance policy, you know, let's say thought the, the wife killed the husband and she took out a million dollar life insurance policy. Oh, two weeks before the husband disappears. They're going to think that's a big red flag, aren't they? What are we supposed to think about this? All the analysts, this is the text messages that they never thought would come out. We're seeing it. All the analysts at the CIA, all the, all the agents of the FBI working on this case are taking out professional liability insurance. Uh, you know, unless all of a sudden they were doing, you know, high value target detainee questioning or something at a, at a covert site for the FBI or, or CIA or something somewhere, unless they were doing some really high risk stuff all of a sudden, why? Why would they be getting professional liability insurance before they? Right. We know why. We know why. Okay. Let's be very clear about that. Ha ha. Who knows? Uh, Oh, sorry. Quote, can I ask who are the most likely litigators? An agent responded as as far as potentially suing all of you. Ha ha. Who knows? I think the concern when we got it was that there was a big leak at the DOJ, and the New York Times, among others was going to do a piece, the first agent said, and again, texted. While the names of the agents responsible for the text are redacted, the legal filing from Powell, quoting communications from the Department of Justice, states that the latest document production included handwritten notes and texts from Peter Strzok, Andrew McCabe, Lisa Page, and FBI analysts who worked on the FBI's investigation of Flynn. Hmm. Top people involved in the investigation, all getting professional liability insurance. Oh, friends, it gets worse. So, again, this is what you would call a clue in an investigation. We're going to add up all these clues because this is really important. What was their next big concern? Oh, let's make sure we can't get sued. And then let's go to the next the next uh, issue here, which is what happens when we don't have. Loretta Lynch is the attorney general when we don't have a Democrat hack at the top of the DOJ. Uh Uh-oh. Thanks for listening to the Best of Buck Daily podcast. Get more from Buck by following him on social media at Buck Sexton on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. And don't forget to visit BuckSexton.com. Before I tell you about the latest uh, insanity from the BLM protesters, these uh, angry little lunatics running around, Ruining their communities, hurting people, destroying property, achieving nothing. Before before we get into that, I want to let you hear something that's inspirational. I want you to hear something that is a reminder of what's at stake here, but also the the good, the upside, the promise of this election. It's not all just we're in this fight and terrible things are going to happen. That's all true. But there can be lives that are inspired. There are people who can achieve a better future for themselves because of this political movement that Donald Trump represents and some of the policies that he will continue to pursue if he's president. I'm not a lib. I don't think everything's perfect. I don't think Trump is going to make everybody happy and everything wonderful. But I think that it is a it is a positive for far more people to have Donald Trump in office than it would be to have his decrepit opponent. Here is a a, a truck driver. This Donald Trump retweeted this himself. And it's it's worth watching the whole thing. I just want to play some of it for you. I believe his name is Gary Lamb. And he's a he's a black man in America doing a job providing for his family. And here's his view of President Trump. Play it to me. Trump is a second chance. So when you say he's with he's uh, I'm like, nah, dude, he's way more than that. He's way more than that. You see, I, I don't have the luxury to worry about freaking Roe versus Wade. I have no, I have, I don't have the luxury to worry about that. I'm too busy trying to keep my family fed to think about that. And for the first goddamn time in my life, I actually see a way out. I see a way out, something I've never seen before. I see a way out, man. And just that little bit of hope is enough for me to have a fire in my belly, powerful to freaking charge the goddamn world man 
I'm ready to take over, but if Biden gets in the office, man, I don't know what I'm going to do. He goes on for a couple of minutes. It's really powerful and it's eloquent. You can tell it's just heartfelt. It's from a guy who just sees he sees that that Trumpism is inspiration for individual people to try to achieve the life they want, to try to achieve the respect for themselves and respect within their communities of being free to to rise, to make good choices, to build and to be a, a really important and positive part of their of their community whatever wherever the community is across the country whatever city whatever state wherever you live there's something deeply positive about all of this inspire inspiring encouraging and i just wish that fewer people in this country were subjected to the constant drumbeat of anti-trump propaganda the 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 straight up insanity of trump is such a racist and he's a fascist because unfortunately a lot of people are easily swayed. A lot of people believe what they hear. They believe what's repeated. And they either don't have the self-confidence or they just don't have the critical faculties to work through and, and, and get past a very sophisticated and increasingly omnipresent left-wing propaganda machine in this country. You know, they control the social media platforms. They control the traditional media platforms. They control academia they control the levers of power inside the federal bureaucracy still. That's what the deep state is. There are people like Gary Lamb who are saying, I want a better future. I want less regulations. I want a leader who tells people that they too can achieve, that they can be inspired, that doesn't make excuses for everybody, who feels like they're left out, who tells people who feel like they've been uh, left behind by government policy, I'm going to fix that by addressing bad trade deals, by bringing things back home into America, by trying to encourage investment, opportunity, production, growth, all here in America, and have the benefits of that for the American people. Chinese government doesn't give a crap about any of you and doesn't feel bad about it, doesn't sit around thinking, oh, you know, we are one world and why don't we? No, no. But in America, the left has this constant undermining of American confidence. We're a bad country. We're a racist country. We were founded on on slavery and built on oppression and colonialism and fight unjust wars. OK, except for against the Nazis, they'll say, but fight unjust wars. And we have a lot of uh, explaining to do and begging for forgiveness. Look at Obama going around the world. Oh, the Obama administration was actually going around the world. President Obama himself asking for forgiveness. Think of what that does to the mass psychology of this country. To be an American under the Obama administration was to feel like you had things to be sorry for. We didn't do anything. We're not responsible for what was done 50, 100, 150 years ago by people in this country. It's not your, it's not your fault. And I'm not saying that just to be in America makes you some superhero and everything is awesome either. But you can understand that the American ethos, if it's fostered and supported, is that you can be you can be someone that you aspire to uh, here in this country. You have that opportunity, which is a beautiful thing. A beautiful thing. And, and if there was more focus on that and less on whining, nagging, complaining about things that have nothing. To, you know, I, I complain about bad Democrat policies. They're ruining cities. Those are things that I want change for. No one can change what happened 100 years ago. No one can be held responsible for what another person did. See, they're undermining foundational concepts in our society of justice and responsibility and individuality with this left wing garbage. Gary Lamb understands. He understands that that the implicit message of Trump and his supporters is we love our fellow Americans and we want everybody to know that the government is going to try to support good ideas, good policies and a good future for everyone. You got it. It's on you, though. Right? I mean, we're not we're not you're constantly uh, growing the welfare state even more and and doing socialism and pulling others down to lift. That's the that's the difference. And that ultimately doesn't make people feel better. That ultimately doesn't actually inspire. 
Dependency is a weakness. Dependency is something that people want to avoid. You know, if you're going to be dependent, yeah, you can be dependent on your family, on your friends, on the government. You're always going to be disappointed. And the government will never say, we failed you. They'll always point to someone else. Gary Lamb understands this. I know I could sit down with Gary Lamb and have a conversation with him about what he sees in Trump. And we would have a, an, a fantastic exchange. And we'd see eye to eye on a lot of stuff. And I, I don't know where Gary's from. I don't know his background. But I'm sure there are some differences in, in you know, where we're from and how we, how we you know, how we see certain things, but there'd be a lot where we would see eye to eye. I just hope there are a lot more Gary Lambs out there across the country. Uh, this is the silent majority that everyone's speaking about. The more people who understand, forget the media. I mean, the media is atrocious and they are the enemy of the people. Trump was right. He was right. They're hurting this country. They're not helping. They make everything worse. Everything worse. All for their own benefit and power. Let's hope the Trump movement has just a few million Gary Lambs out there, people who might get pressure from their community not to vote for Trump, might have a lot of friends who think voting for Trump is crazy, but they know it's not. It's better for us, better for America. This is the Best of Buck Daily Podcast. The top stories of the day from the Buck Sexton Show. For more Buck, head to BuckSexton.com and remember to subscribe to the podcast. There's another vision of this country, another view of who we are as a nation and what our path forward is, one the Democrats have embraced, one the Democrats are spending a lot of time promoting everywhere that they can. And we see it with this uh, BLM movement, day in and day out, continuing to cause mayhem and destruction, right? Injustice in the name of justice. That is the central, the central theme of Black Lives Matter. They commit injustices because they care so much about justice and they wonder why people like me do not respect the movement. Never bent the knee, never, you know, uh, never said, yeah, let's, let's do what BLM wants. No, no. And this is what ends up happening when you have corporations and major media entities and all the rest who spend a lot of time, who really go out of their way to bend the knee to BLM. They make it feel stronger. They make it feel invulnerable. Right? They make it feel like they can just cross the line constantly. And here is a, in Louisville, this was last night, they created a space near a church. A protesters were able to gather near a church because, you know, there are a lot of churches that are all about BLM, which... I don't know. Do the, does the, the priest think it's OK when people are dragged out of their cars and beaten to a bloody pulp? Really want to support that movement? Father and eh, Padre, really? A lot of priests, a lot of priests betraying the principles of their faith in, in the name of left wing politics. A lot of them. It's very upsetting, but conversations will continue to have more another time. Here's a protester uh, explaining what the what he really thinks. This is a BLM protester explaining what he thinks of the fellow protesters who happen to be white, who have also gathered in this space near a church in Louisville. Play six. Get the f- out! All you white mother leave! All you white mother leave! You heard what the f- I said, nigga. I don't want to beat your Get the f- out! Yeah. All you white people leave. With a lot of bleeps. So much for uh, being a white ally of the BLM movement, as far as this guy's concerned. All the white people leave. Can you imagine another uh, another race of people being told that shows up? In th- those are fellow protesters. He's saying all all you white people out. Is is there a, a a black supremacist element to some of these BLM protests? You you do have to ask the question. Is there a new Black Panther Party style supremacist ideology that is? Well, there's definitely an anti-cop. Maybe let's go kill some cops ideology. We've seen that. That's proven now. Oh, it turns out the guy who shot the two cops in Louisville, young African-American, uh, he has BLM stuff all over his social media. You know, just a standard BLM supporter guy. Yeah, just thinks it's all man. The cops are doing these terrible things. You know how I tell you that that the the central lie of the BLM movement 
is that the police are hunting young black men for for sport. You know how I tell you that that is the central inescapable lie that the whole thing is built on. I know that sounds like that must be extreme because it's so reckless and untrue. It's such an evil thing to say, the kind of thing that would, if someone believed it, drive people to violence. And yet it is a thing that you will hear said by um, by protesters. It is a thing that you will hear repeated on TV. Um, Biden voter here, a Biden voter tells CNN exactly that. Play 14. Quite frankly, I'm tired of turning on the news and watching people look like me being slaughtered for sport. I really am just at the point now where I don't I don't want to have to keep explaining to my kids like why they have to move differently because of the color of their skin. Black people being slaughtered for sport, she says on the air at CNN. It's a disgusting thing to say. No, in fact, when a black person in this country is shot by police under what are often on its face, completely justifiable circumstances, there are often riots and a national conversation and a conflagration, actual fires, as we know. I meant that metaphorically, but actual fires being set to buildings. So how, how is it that in this society we pretend that black men are being murdered by police for sport when the actual reality that we see is that there are black men who are killed in the commission of a felony, including felony and perhaps even attempted murder against a police officer. And then there are national riots and there are people marching in the streets and every politician has to have some, you know, some somber conversation with the public about why it's just lies. It's just lies. They continue to lie about all of this. And the worst the worst lie of all is this claim that black people are being slaughtered for sport. Think about what that implicate that that implication is that there are people in the police force who want to go through this, even in the most justified shootings that you've seen by police officers. Right. Some of this on video and some of it we just know from eyewitness testimony even in the very clearly justified use of force situations, cops involved often have their lives ruined. The cops involved are going to have sleepless nights. You know, people don't often talk about this. If you're involved, involved in a fatal shooting, there's a very real chance that officer might have serious psychological difficulties, PTSD afterwards. Cops don't take that job because they want to kill anybody. They take the job to protect people and to enforce the law because society needs that. But young people, particularly young black males across the country, are being told by some of their biggest role models, the most powerful, wealthy, influential voices and by the mainstream media that there are police out there who get enjoyment out of murdering young black men. It's it's the most heinous lie you can you could come up with uh, about law enforcement if your intent was to just destroy and divide the country. What, what could be more ugly than that? And we're supposed to listen to this and believe this, treat this like it's a serious political movement. And it's a serious threat to the country, but it's not a political movement that deserves your respect. It's not a movement that deserves uh, that, that, that is going to bring about reform. And I'm happy to see there are voices out there. There are voices in the black community who are coming forward and saying, OK, this stuff about defunding the police and how the police are hunting people. This is really bad. This is wrong. Play 13 to really be careful when we you know i hear these fools on tv talking about defund the police and things like that we need police reform and prison reform and things like that because you know who ain't going to defund the cops white neighborhoods and rich neighborhoods so that notion they keep saying that i'm like wait a minute we just gonna leave who, who are black people supposed to call ghostbusters when we have crime in our neighborhoods we need police reform but like i say white people especially rich white people they're always gonna have cops so we need to stop that defund or abolish the cops crap what he's saying about the abolishing the police stuff is true and i understand people say police reform um 
I never really hear any particularly good ideas about police reform. And this does go back to a roll call question yesterday. Uh, increased transparency about lawsuits about uh, involving police. Maybe there are a lot of frivolous use of force lawsuits. It's kind of a slip and fall accident thing. There's some lawyers who specialize in that, though. So you have to be aware of that. There are excessive use of force situations. There's no question. And it's horrible. The penalties, the public often doesn't know this, but the penalties, if you have, I actually know a police officer very well who um, was doing a routine, routine arrest and the guy said that he groped him, that the officer groped him, and he was facing uh, federal charges over that, over civil rights, like a sexual assault, civil rights violation in custody. Yeah, it was a lie. Fortunately, the partner was there to back him up, but the penalties are already severe, folks, for law enforcement when they really do mess up. Thanks for listening to the Best of Buck Daily Podcast. For more Buck, head to BuckSexton.com. And remember to subscribe to the podcast. Ah, the deep state. Proof of it. That's what we have now. We've known about it for a long time, and now we know that they were aware. They were coloring outside the lines, folks. They were doing stuff that they should not have been doing. And to... to uh, betray the trust put in them and to exceed their legal authority and mandates in this pathetic partisan really just babyish childish our person wasn't supposed to lose because hillary they did this for hillary clinton really because she's going to be so much better than trump These people are nuts but you know look it's gonna say it there are some great people who work in government there are a lot of dumb petty losers who work in government too it's just a big organization folks that's the reality of it including at the fbi and the cia that's for sure all right back into this why were they purchasing professional liability insurance and this is from this piece in the federalist.com that i really think you know sean davis and molly hemingway need need all due credit for i i was talking about this uh last night on wor and in new york city and uh, the president later on was reading from it during his rally so that's clearly he also agreed this piece. There's a lot. There's a lot in this. Uh, but they were worried about professional liability. So they purchased additional insurance. Top FBI DOJ officials are saying, oh, my gosh, we're going to get sued for what we've done here. That's what's going on. OK, well, what I really want to find out is through some kind. I don't know if we could do this. It's probably privacy issues. I don't know. It's through private companies. But I want to find out who exactly got the professional liability insurance, because I have a feeling it is Struck. It is Page. It is Comey. It is Brennan. I have a feeling the whole cabal were, were, you know, getting insured up so they could lawyer up because they knew, uh oh, remember, Hillary was supposed to win. And then they could have presented Hillary with their Russia collusion stuff and just done a, done a media campaign to finish off the Trump movement forever. Maybe they don't bring criminal charges against Trump on the fabrications, although they're not above that. You'd say, Buck, but they, there was no Russia collusion. Yeah, but they would have kept an investigation going. If Hillary Clinton had won the 2016 election, her, you know, James Comey and, and, and the Brennan and these other deep state little tyrants, they could have continued to leak to the media, got an investigation going of Trump, of his, and they wouldn't have had the protection of being in the White House in the Oval Office. And maybe you get a few people, look at what they did while Trump was president. They get a few people to crack under pressure and to, and to you know, uh, misremember or lie about something because they're scared. But they didn't do anything wrong. They didn't break the law. But then they say, oh, we're just. That's what they were hoping to do after defeating the Trump movement. They were they were going to the DOJ and the FBI were planning to go walk around the battlefield and bayonet the survivors. That's that's what they were going to do. They were setting this up so that they could have ruined reputations and lives when Hillary took office and they would have had inve- all, all they have to do is investigate you. You're a former presidential candidate and there are news stories out there that you that you colluded with the Russians. How do you how do you ever wipe that stain away? And how do you fight back? You're at that point, right? You're a loser. You lost and you tried to cheat with the Russians. Don't you see this was a way to destroy the Trump movement once and for all. That's why this storyline they always had, if, if they were sure Hillary was going to win, why would they do any of this? No, there are a lot of reasons why they would do all of this. But agents were also worried about the new attorney general. Back to these text messages. Quote, 
They were worried about how a new attorney general might view the actions taken against Trump during the investigation. Shortly after then, Senator Jeff Sessions was confirmed to be Trump's new attorney general. Congressional Democrats, media and Obama holdovers within DOJ immediately moved to force Sessions to recuse himself from overseeing the department's investigations against Trump. Quote, the new AG might have some questions. Then yada, 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 we all get screwed, one agent wrote. Uh, I'm sorry. Why would a senior FBI agent working on this case say that the new attorney general might have some questions and then they will all get screwed? I thought what James Comey said was that everything was fine. I thought that we were told this was all done by the book. This was all by the letter of the law. But of course, that was all a lie. We all know that. Don't don't believe the media spin. They're going to they're just trying to suppress this. They're not even covering it. They don't want to talk about it. They're just hoping that people are more focused on, you know, some BLM lunacy in some other part of the country. We'll get into that later, too. Quote, the FBI agents also discussed how the investigation's leadership was consumed with conspiracy theories rather than evidence. I'm telling you, man, if this thing ever gets foiled, Freedom of Information Act requested, there are going to be some tough questions, one agent wrote, and a great deal of those will be related to Brian having a scope way outside the boundaries of logic. Let's unpack that phrase for a minute, shall we? Way outside the boundaries of logic. If the FBI were investigating you and they were running around with theories that they were admitting to each other are outside the boundaries of logic, wouldn't you feel deeply violated? Wouldn't you feel like you were in some Kafka-esque nightmare? Yes, you would. And let's remember, while these FBI agents are ha-ha-ha, ha-ha-ha, laughing to each other over text message about some of this, clearly also nervous about some of what's coming out, let's remember that they have the power to investigate people and ruin their lives. The FBI, if they choose to do so on very little, I mean, they could just say it's on the basis of confidential informants, right? On the basis of garbage, they could investigate you and try to ruin you. Destroy you, your family, destroy your livelihood, drive you to suicide in some cases. That's what the FBI can do when they go outside the boundaries of logic, as they're saying here. It's also why, just as an aside, I think the Richard Jewell movie is so important for all of you to see. That's what it's like when you're dealing with the FBI. I'm sorry, but it's true. There's political pressure on a case. They, they want to give a scalp to the mob, and the mob is the Democrat Party, and the Democrat Party is the party of the state. This is the machine, friends. Quote, redacted, some senior FBI person, we could guess, we don't know, is one of the worst offenders of the rabbit holes and conspiracy theories, an agent texted. This guy traveled with that guy who put down third guy as his visa sponsor. Third guy lives near a Navy base, therefore, dot, 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 end quote. Gee, doesn't that sound like the whole dossier? Doesn't that sound like everything in Russia collusion? Well, this guy was a Russian who talked to another Russian who knew a guy who once ate a pierogi and who knew a guy who lived next to the pierogi place. People have built careers on this. There are complete morons with blue checks in the media who no one had ever heard of, like this guy who wrote Proof of Collusion, the dumbest book for the dumbest people I've ever seen in my life. And they built followings off of this lunacy. They were put on MSNBC and CNN for years, just spewing crap. I have never had to come on this show about anything related to Russia collusion in four years and say, wow, guys, I was really wrong. I'm sorry I messed up on that one or this wasn't true or that thing I told you I was wrong. This guy was actually never. And the media just pretends like none of this stuff is happening on their side. They're wrong constantly. Pretend like they had nothing to do with it. I mean, CNN is a decrepit cesspool of stuff that I can't say on the radio. I mean, it's a terrible place. And people should be embarrassed to work there. Now, they should be embarrassed. I'm just going to say it. It's an embarrassing place to work. Quote, 
Several texts show that the order to close the criminal investigation against Flynn came as early as November 18th, 2016, the same day as the 2016 presidential election. It was later reopened in early January of 2017. Here's an agent texting. We have some loose ends to tie up, and we all need to meet to discuss what to do with each case. He said, shut down Razor, one agent texted, referring to Crossfire Razor. So glad they're closing Razor, an agent responded. Wait, why are they so glad they're closing Razor? General Flynn, he's a bad guy who lied to the FBI, right? Why do they have loose ends to tie up? If, if they weren't FBI agents, if they were just people involved in some criminal conspiracy, and these were the text messages that the FBI pulled from their phones, they'd all be going to prison. All of them. Okay? This would be enough to put them all away. If this were an insider trading case, and you had all these guys like, well, you know, uh, I guess somebody got the information from the CEO of the company, you know, over drinks, and then, you know, our trader, Bob, took a big stake in the company and you know whoopsie like they'd be done they'd be done people say oh but this isn't this doesn't prove anything there's nothing you can do and at this point you could have videotape of james comey saying yes everything you've said about me is accurate i i tried to take down the president i thought i was doing the right thing and i abused my power and authority and pretended to be a moron to get an investigation going that i never should even if he was on video saying that they would say it doesn't prove anything (laughs) they don't they don't care folks so don't expect your you know, your idiot, your idiot neighbor with a Harris Biden sign on his lawn to uh, come around here. The new disclosures made by the DOJ also show that the FBI used so-called national security letters to spy on Flynn's finances. Unlike traditional subpoenas, which require judicial review and approval before authorities can seize an innocent person's property information, NSLs are never independently reviewed by courts. One of the agents noted in a text message that the NSLs were just being used as a pretext by FBI leadership to buy time to find dirt on Flynn after the first investigation of him yielded no derogatory information. The decision to use NSL finances for Razor bought him time, one agent said, two weeks after the initial order to shut down the case. What do we expect to get from the NSL, an agent texted on December 5th, 2016? We put out traces, tripwires to the community and nothing. Bingo, another FBI agent responded. So what's an NSL going to do? No content. Ha ha ha. This is a nightmare, an agent said. Oh, I'm glad they think it's so funny. They they think it's funny. You should know this about Strzok and Page and Comey and McCabe. These people think it's funny when they ruin someone's life because they're idiot Democrat hacks. They think it's funny. This amuses them. If we're working to close down the case, I'm not sure what NSL results would do to help, one agent wrote. Exactly. That makes no sense. I can tell you I can tell you what's going on here. You probably figured it out already, but just to hammer at home. They were just desperate to keep this. There was someone in the FBI was desperate to keep the Flynn case open. And then they hatched this plot in the Oval Office to go after Flynn. They, they needed someone. Remember, this all this all revolves around the National Security Advisor for the Trump administration is a felon. Because he lied about a conversation with a Russian. That was the storyline. And it's just propaganda. It's brainwashing BS. The incoming national security advisor had a totally normal, respectable call where he said totally normal, respectable things. And then he thought he was speaking to colleagues about the contents of a call that he was supposed to be having. And there was a discrepancy about whether he's talking about expulsions uh, versus sanctions. But did he talk about sanctions? No, he actually was talking about expulsions. But could you consider expulsions to be part of sanctions? Yes. Right. So there's this. And the FBI agents didn't even think that that qualified as a lie. But then the Mueller team of pro Hillary quizzling disgraces came along and charged Flynn. You're in the Freedom Hut. This is the best of Buck daily podcast. The top stories of the day from the Buck Sexton show. So why did they do it, folks? Why would people in the FBI, the DOJ betray the trust of the American people put in them, betray the Constitution, their oaths as law enforcement officers? Why would they do all that? Well, the text messages that have just come out and that the Federalist.com has posted and analyzed for all of us, the text messages tell us why. Quote, 
Agents believe the investigation was being run by FBI officials who were in the tank for Hillary Clinton. Doing all this election research, I think some of these guys won a Clinton presidency. That was on August 11th, shortly after the FBI opened the crossfire hurricane investigation against Trump. And one series of texts sent the same day as the infamous January 5th Oval Office meeting with Obama, Biden, Comey, Sally Yates, and Susan Rice. One agent admits that Trump was right when he tweeted that the FBI was delaying his briefings as incoming president so they could cook up evidence against him. As the Federalist first reported last May, that January 5th meeting was key to understanding the entire anti-Trump operation run out of Obama's FBI. The intelligence briefing on so-called Russian hacking was delayed until Friday. Perhaps more time needed to build a case, Trump tweeted on January 3rd. Very strange. Hmm. So is Razor going to stay open? An agent wrote on January 5th. Yep. Another FBI agent responded. Crimes report being drafted. F. The first agent wrote back for a four letter word there, folks. Don't know, but people here are scrambling for info to support certain things, and it's a madhouse, an FBI agent responded. Jesus, an agent wrote back. Trump was right. Still not put together. Why did we do this to ourselves? What is wrong with these people? Oh, wait, but the media told us and other so-called national security experts who would try to debate me a little bit on this until they all just disappeared because I was smoking them. Uh, I thought everything was on the up and up. Everything's fine. Why are FBI agents texting each other in a panic? recognizing that they're fabricating a full-scale investigation against the the now president of the, or soon-to-be president of the United States. Because they know what they're getting themselves into. And they knew what it was going to require. They they were going to just do everything they had to here. Ban at all the survivors so there are no eyewitnesses to the treachery, the treachery of Comey and Brennan and the rest of these disgusting Democrat thugs. They should all rot in prison. But I'm sorry to tell you that's very unlikely to happen. But at least we know the truth. At least you and I know what really happened. And if we want justice, there's only one way to achieve it. Donald Trump has to get reelected.